Our culture is obsessed with knowledge. We have more knowledge at our disposal now than at any other time in human history. We can find out anything with just a few clicks. Let me Google it. When I was doing research for this morning, I found page after page online, let alone all the books in all the seminary libraries about knowledge and wisdom. And if I had decided to use just half of what I came across, I would have been overwhelmed. And you all would have left long before I finished speaking. So, And I wouldn't blame you. There's a lot out there, a lot of knowledge about knowledge and wisdom. One of the problems with the abundance of available knowledge is the sheer amount that is out there. Now, some of that is good and useful. Some of that will simply allow you to impress folks at parties or win money on Jeopardy. Another problem with knowledge in today's world is that a lot of people know things that simply aren't so. We live in a world where some believe alternative facts or downright delusions. Well, I saw it on the Internet. It must be true, said Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) I believe that knowledge by itself can get us in a lot of trouble. If we're not careful. Look at Adam and Eve, for instance. In Genesis 2, we read that in the garden, there was one tree that our first ancestors were forbidden to eat. And that was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When the serpent came to Eve and told her that the tree would give her the knowledge of good and evil. And he didn't, I don't think he said that. He just said, it'll give you knowledge. And that it would make her like God. She said, ooh, this looks good. This will make me, what does she say? She doesn't say knowledgeable. She says wise. She's getting things mixed up right from the beginning. She ate some of the fruit. And she shared it with Adam. Now, after studying Proverbs and knowing what happened to Adam and Eve... I think we can safely say that eating that fruit may have given them knowledge, but there wasn't much wisdom gained. Now, knowledge is good. Knowledge is necessary. That's why we go to school, among other reasons. But knowledge without wisdom can put us in some pretty bad places. Francis Bacon once stated, knowledge is power. And as we know, power can be a good thing, provided that it's used in the right way. Unfortunately, many times knowledge is used to gain and use power in ways that are self-seeking and harmful to others. Knowledge has been separated from wisdom and has become a search for facts that can be taken out and used without thought for what the result of using these facts might be.
You know, they say that figures don't lie, but liars figure. These days, our search for knowledge is based on the idea that the world is a machine. And the spiritual doesn't even enter into the picture anymore. How many of you have ever taken engine, radio, things like something like that, and taken it apart to see how it works? Anybody ever done that? Okay, we've got a few. My dad did that. And that's how he learned to do. He, 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 could, he built a TV, okay? I mean, he could do some amazing things building stuff. He never bought anything new. He just kept building pieces onto the old stuff because he had taken them apart and knew what was going on. Well, that's how the modern world seeks to understand the world. Since everything and everyone is simply a machine, you can take everything apart if you want. And you can even put it together in new and different ways. Like Frankenstein, for instance, where the doctor took all these parts from different corpses, put them together and created a monster and taught him how to sing Putting on the Ritz. Um, no, that's something else, sorry. <laughs> or something that is popular today called transhumanism. Making better humans by tweaking with the brain, possibly with added software, who knows, hardware, by there's... I read online just the other day that there's a group of people who are having themselves made taller by breaking the legs down around their knees, I think, and putting something in between, making themselves taller. You know, things like that. They're talking about, they're talking about freezing people's bodies and then keeping their brain alive for the future. There was a movie, Mel Gibson was in a movie like that a few years ago. It didn't work out too well for him, I don't think. But that's the whole idea. If we're a machine, we can do all kinds of things to, to tinker with and tweak us. Well, the idea of seeing the world as a machine is not recent. In the Renaissance, philosophers put man at the center. Now, we know about the humanism of Renaissance thought. One thing that's not widely known is the fascination with magic that was widespread during that time. We think of the Renaissance being all about reason and so on, but evidently they were, some of the thinkers were very heavily into magic. Magic was considered by many to be a way of achieving perfection. Now, since man was considered to be a mirror of creation, and thus a mirror of God, it was man's prerogative to control and dominate the world. Fast forward a few centuries. We've left magic behind, and we rely on science to help us know things. Are they really that different today? 
C.S. Lewis wrote in The Abolition of Man, there is something which unites magic and applied science or technology while separating both from the wisdom of earlier ages. For the wise men of old, this cardinal problem had been how to conform the soul to reality. And the solution had been knowledge, self-discipline, and virtue. Now, we might call that wisdom. For magic and applied science alike, the problem is how to subdue reality to the wishes of men. The solution is a technique. What we call knowledge today can be antithetical to wisdom. Knowledge by itself can cause a person to be proud and arrogant. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, wrote that knowledge puffs up. He later said that even if he, even if he, Paul, understood all mysteries and all knowledge, but didn't have love, he was nothing. C.S. Lewis, again, wrote, Education without values, as useful as it is, seems rather to make man a more clever devil. And I think we're seeing that. Now, there is a knowledge that is far deeper than simply knowing how things work with an eye to using them for our own purposes. In Genesis 3.1, the scripture tells us that Adam knew Eve. Now, this wasn't a case of, I know you, you're Eve. No, the word here refers to sexual relations between a man and his wife. In Hebrew, the word translated no means much more than our English word. To the Hebrews, it carried a wide breadth of meaning, including perceiving, learning, understanding, willing, performing, and experiencing. It's more than just intellectual information about something, but it's apprehending and experiencing reality. It is the exercise and the actualization of information rather than just its possession. To know God means more than knowing facts about him. It means knowing him intimately and entering into who he is. It's the same as a husband and a wife. There's a big difference between saying, I know my next door neighbor and I know my spouse. At least there should be. Knowing God also entails faith and acceptance. Jesus says eternal life is knowing the Father and the Son. 1 John 1, 2, 4 states that if anyone says, I know God, but doesn't do what he commands, that person is a liar. And the truth is not In him. Excuse me. This kind of knowledge is closer to wisdom. I would even go so far as to say that this kind of knowledge is an element of wisdom. We've seen in our study that the fear of the Lord 
is the beginning of wisdom. That fear is a holy respect and an awe and a reverence for God that comes from truly knowing him. That's where wisdom originates. As we've learned from the Proverbs, wisdom is an extremely valuable thing. In the verses we have studied and seen, we've seen that it is more precious than jewels and to be sought after above everything else. We should treasure wisdom. Wisdom will keep us and will guard us. It will help us to do what is right and just and fair. Wisdom will help us put knowledge into practice in a way that pleases God. When we have wisdom, we can trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not have to try to lean on our own understanding. The wise will inherit honor while fools will get disgrace. Walking with the wise will make us wise while hanging out with fools will bring us harm. Wisdom brings patience. Sometimes patience brings wisdom. A wise person is full of strength, and those who walk in wisdom are safe. Wisdom helps us in our day-to-day. We can know all sorts of things. We can know all sorts of things about Scripture. Jesus told the Pharisees, you know the Scriptures. Look at them. They tell you about me but they completely missed it. They had them memorized, but they didn't have any wisdom as to how it works out. They knew them primarily as a way to prove they were better than the poor schmucks. I think that's a good Yiddish word. Who did not keep the law the way they did. Scripture tells us that if we love God with every fiber of our being and love others as we love ourselves, that we keep the entire law of God. Now, if we had to try and find a scripture for every situation we find ourselves in, we wouldn't get much done because we'd be constantly looking up verses. How does this verse, what does this verse say? Or we would run to you know, run to our our preacher, our man of God, uh, or someone like that to tell us what does the Bible say about this. There are a lot of things that we run into that simply aren't addressed in the Bible. And I don't think there's there's a lot of things that you can't find principles that will address either. If we want to know how to follow Jesus, in one way it's simple. One, we have to recognize who he is. Then we have to recognize who we are. Not necessarily in that order. And then we have to throw our allegiance to him. Realize that Our tiny little kingdom is not going to cut it. That we are nothing without him. And then simply say, 
Lord, I give my allegiance to you. You are the king. You are my master. I will follow you. Then we ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Wisdom how to do two things in our day-to-day lives. And it can work for any situation. How to love God in that situation. And how to love others. And look at, as we looked at the Sermon on the Mount, those are Jesus' commands. We ask the Spirit to help us follow those commands. As, as the better we follow those commands, the more we love God and the more we love others because those commands do that. And as we learn to follow and obey Jesus, as God gives us the wisdom in taking that knowledge and applying it in our lives, the Spirit takes those commands. And the Spirit sinks those commands deep down in our hearts and our souls so that as we grow in Christ, the commands of Jesus are followed more and more naturally. It becomes a part of who we are. It becomes wisdom. Wisdom is deep inside. Um, I think it was, it was Lewis in the Narnia Tales. Talked about the deeper magic. It's a kind, of, kind of the same thing with that wisdom. It's a deeper wisdom. It comes from inside. And it comes through the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we grow more and more into the image of our King. May God grant us the wisdom that we need as we seek to follow Jesus.